Well, g'day everyone and welcome to episode four of the Aussie Church Leaders Podcast, where our goal uh, is for you to go stronger, full longer in your ministry contacts. You're joining us for episode four. Uh, my name is Riley. I will be hosting you today uh, and we're going to have the lovely Chris Podlick also on scene. Chris, how are we? Good, mate. How are good. you? Yeah, very good. I'm First- quite... I'm, yeah, I'm pretty excited, mate. First um, time in the host seat. Lie. I know, I know. The great thing about uh, doing this podcast, I realised as well, is that no one knows what I look like. I no, know. they don't. But no you're one very, knows. very attractive. It's, I am. it's much nicer to be in the studio with you than staring at the wall by myself. I was trying to think of the best way to give our, um, our audience kind of a, an idea of what I do look like. And I was thinking probably best suited to a six foot four type figure. Yep. Jason, Jason Samos. Mimosa. Jason Mimosa, not is Samosa. Guy, is he the guy of Aquaman? That's him. Yeah, right. That's there you him. go. I was thinking I'm very much a Jason Mimosa. Uh, yeah, I'd, a, I'd back that. Probably yeah. a Zac Efron haircut. Like Zac Efron <laughs> just post high school musical going to 17 again. And the voice of um, the voice of Guy Sebastian in 2003 when he was at his peak. Unfortunately, if you're a lady listener to this, he is not single. So that, I mean, that fantastic description all for nothing. That's great. It's great to throw it out there. Um, at the same time... I um oh, I gotta tell you something. I actually don't think I've told you yet. Okay. I got me. I actually got this is to give our audience actually a better idea of what I do yeah, look like. Sure. Because I work in a school context. Um I've just been at a new school recently and I Chaplain, not a teacher. No, just clarifying ministry context. Yep. Ministry context, because this is the Aussie Church Leaders podcast, podcast. Where our aim is for you to go stronger, full longer in your ministry context. Yep. I'm gonna keep saying it. Um, <laughs> It's fantastic. <laughs> yes, it will. Um, but I was doing a chapel message and I got intro uh, for this chapel message. And one of the other chaplains I worked with actually asked a, asked a student um, to stand up because um, she had decided that I looked like a celebrity. What celebrity did you look well, like? Well, I was thinking, because I actually have blonde hair and yeah. I'm not six foot four. I'm, I'm, I think I'm 5'10". Probably 5'11". I'm going to go 5'11". 5'11 and a half. Very muscular though. Safe. Yep, 5'11 and a half. Um, blonde hair. I was thinking like Cody Simpson, yep. Noel Horan. Yep. Those are my options. Um, and she stands up, this very confident year eight girl. And announces uh, that her and her friends had decided uh, that I looked like Gordon Ramsay's brother. <laughs> I didn't even know Gordon Ramsay had a brother. That no, was famous. well, I don't think he is. <laughs> that's a loose use. Of the, that's I'm like not a, too I, sure what he looks like. That's oh. like Australians using "I'm a celebrity, get me out of here." Like that's a really loose yeah. use of the term celebrity. Yeah, yeah. So that's just for everyone to know yeah. what, what they're working with today. But nice. I am, I'm very excited. Uh, oh, I'm glad to have you host and, and to be here and. Uh, just testing out my podcast voice as well because I know I often go very deep. Uh, yeah, just... no, it's good. I think I think the uh, it'll be interesting to hear what the uh, what the listeners think. It's true. It's true. Well, hey, we got um we got an exciting episode today. We as do. I said, episode four. We're pumping, uh, just full of content over the last couple of weeks. Uh, and mate, you've been killing it. But today we're looking at a pretty, uh, pretty interesting idea. In fact, it's probably something uh, that um yeah often we don't think about when it comes to. Uh, leadership side of things, but it's something that's very important in terms of mission, the, moving the mission uh, forward. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, which is why today we're looking at this idea of how we actually go about escaping the trap of terrible meetings. And um, mate, we have we we've all kind of been stuck in, in oh, meetings. Oh, we have, haven't we? We've we've always been. We've, you sit in meetings where you're kind of like, when is this meeting going to end? Or or you get there and they start off, and you just think to yourself, like, what is the purpose of of me being here? Or like, I can't believe I rescheduled date night for this. Or I can't believe like I'm missing the kids' football game or soccer game or whatever it is that you need to be at. And you just think to yourself, like, what what are we doing? And um and we, and we 
I just think personally that the mission is too valuable. Um, our mission to reach people with the, the message of hope that's found in Jesus is just way too valuable for us to be um, wasting time in meetings when we should be using those meetings to move the mission forward because there's no reason for people to, to dislike meetings. Yep. Um, and I think one of the major reasons that people dislike meetings and, um, and and people kind of don't aren't really sure about like some like why are we having this meeting what's the purpose of it like do we have to have another meeting is because uh, often uh, the way that we approach meetings is kind of as if you know I'm not a very good chef um, I've, I've got to get HelloFresh ordered in but, but great I, ribs really good ribs I, I can do good ribs yeah thanks mm, for that mate right. but nice the reason that. the reason that um, that I get HelloFresh in is because it's got the uh, it's got like the menu and it tells me exactly what I need to put mm. in and it, and it like gives me the cook time and everything um, and a lot of times our meetings are not structured like that. Our meetings are kind of like, you just go to the fridge and you open it up and you just grab whatever you see and you just throw it in a pot and you're like, I hope that we just throw a whole heap of things in a pot and something good comes out. Um, and, and when we do that, very, very rarely when we're cooking, does anything good come out? And the same is true for meetings. Like uh, very, very rarely when we rock up and we're not sure and we're kind of like, well, we just got to have this meeting because we've always had this meeting. Let's just rock up and see what happens. Uh, very, very rarely do we actually advance the mission or do anything other than just waste a whole heap of people's time. Yeah. And when we're talking around the idea of time as well, like time is valuable. Uh, but oh, just absolutely. Really, for all people, time is our most valuable asset. It's the one thing we simply cannot get back. Oh, absolutely. And I think not only um, is our mission as a church too important to waste time in meetings, but I think when you look at uh, churches across Australia, a lot of people who are leaders in mm. churches um, are, do so in a volunteer capacity. Yep. So now we're, um, we're taking a couple of hours out of a volunteer's time and we're wasting it when it could be put to something more more effective. And I just think it's so important for us to address this issue um, because we really want to make, our, uh, make leaders feel valuable. We want to um, help them see the impact they're having for the kingdom of God. Um, and you just don't do that in uh, when you waste time in meetings. No, and no one wants to feel undervalued coming out of a meeting as well when they know no. I could have been somewhere else. I could have been out on date night, could have been cooking at home, could have spent time with my dog. Um, yes. There's other things that come to mind. People, things. There are times where I've sat in on meetings where I wish I was just anywhere else but in that meeting, even at home. Cleaning yeah, the toilet, absolutely. It's a terrible task. And you come driving home, and uh, I mean, I've been there, and I'm sure you've been there. If you've had a, a meeting for church, and you're driving home, and it's 10 o'clock or 11 o'clock at night, and you just think, I've got to get up for work the next day. Like, yep. what actually happened in that meeting? And I think today we're going to talk about how to how to stop that because uh, it's time it stopped. Yeah. Well, how do we go about it? When we're talking about meetings, I know I know for me, I've probably sat in on more meetings than I've actually led, but for you, you've led some meetings. Uh, well, yeah. Meetings I've... yourself, Chris, but how do we actually go about making meetings that that really don't suck. Yeah, and what well, and like you said, um, I, I now um, lead my fair share of meetings, but there was a lot of times where I sat in on my fair share of meetings that uh, I was like, what is the purpose? And for me, one of the big things um, to, to, that, uh, that I, I explored and was kind of looking at is how, how do we kind of address this issue is to actually kind of determine what is the type of meeting that we're going to have. Um, Patrick Lencioni writes this uh, incredible book called Death by Meeting. Um, if, our, if our listeners haven't heard of Patrick Lencioni or haven't heard of the book, just an incredible, um, incredible uh, read um, if you want to kind of work through this more. But he sort of talks about four main types of meetings. Um, and I think we'll talk through maybe each one um, and you can kind of help clarify because really uh, what, what um, Lencioni wants to do is, is help give us clarity around the purpose of our meetings. Mm. Um, so he said one type of meeting is a check-in. Um, and you know, uh, in, in, uh, in church world, we might call this like a pastoral chat yep. or a pastoral yep. care check-in where you're just sitting down one-on-one with a leader. And the main purpose is to kind of go, how are you going as a leader? 
It's your coffee chat. Yeah, it's your coffee. Yeah. It's your typical it's your coffee, coffee chat. chat. Football. <clears throat> you know, drinking a nice single on. origin, finding out what's going on in their yeah, life. A nice single origin. Yeah, just, not, just a nice single yeah. origin, you know. From like, Ethiopia. Yeah. On I, the, not the house blend. Not the house the single blend. Open. No, on the single. I yeah. actually bought a new um, a new Colombian today for my V60. Ooh, yeah. A bit of summer music playing yeah, right now. I'm pretty excited. I'm pretty excited to try that tomorrow morning. Lencioni, Colombian yeah. coffee. I actually oh, always thought Lencioni was a pasta dish. Um, no, for yeah. not no. That's lasagna. Is that's a person. <laughs> yeah. So these these ones are um these these ones are really important for kind of establishing relationships and just checking in below the surface mm. um to see how people are going. But the other the the second kind of meetings is like a tactical meeting. Um, these are these are sort of the ones where where we kind of come in maybe on a monthly basis mm-hmm. or a bi-monthly basis or if you've got a team and you're in a, a large church or a large non-profit, um, this might be something you have on a weekly basis with all your paid staff. Um, but in, in this kind of meeting, it's really looking at like, hey, what are the key priorities for us in this next week, this next month, um, and how do we go about tackling it? And uh, and I would say that the best way to, <clears throat> to kind of go about that is you know, if your church, if you operate, maybe you operate on quarters and you set goals for the quarter or yep. you set goals yep. for half a year or a year. Um, in our context, we work in seasons. Mm. So we work in three-month blocks. Then we take a, a little opportunity to review. Um, but whatever your your big goals are for that three-month block, the team you're meeting with, I think for a tactical meeting, it's really important to kind of say, hey, guys, this is what we agreed um, was going to move the needle forward and help us reach more people. Yep. Um are we going uh, and, and get them to rate how, how they're going or how they feel things are going um, on a scale of green, yellow, or red? Kind of like traffic lights. Yep. Um, green, we're going really great. Yellow, we're not going so well. Red, we really need to address mm-hmm. it. And then um, off of that, you can generate a, an agenda. Yep. So that's the, the reasoning behind why you use that color system. Absolutely. Yeah. Because um, if something's going really, really well and, and you've got like one thing that's green and, and two things that are red, you really want to focus your time on that at that tactical meeting on the things that are red. Um, I'm not a big fan and people will disagree with me. I'm not a big fan of coming into these tactical meetings with an agenda um, planned. I mean, I think when you do that, it's kind of like um, going to a marriage counselor deciding what you're going to talk about before the couple has walked Mm. in. Um, It's kind of like deciding exactly what you're going to talk about in that pastoral care catch up before you've had a chance to hear how that person's going. Um, Because there will be things that different leaders bring up that you go, actually, this is an issue that is really, really key to us in the next month and we need to focus on it. Mm. So... Um, yeah, that's that's the um, essentially like assembling the squad, isn't it? Oh, it's just, it is. It it's is getting your Avengers together. It is getting the team together. It is just making sure. Um, it's also a great time, I think, as well. If you've got your key objectives and you and you um, do are, are tracking metrics, you know whether that's baptisms or next steps yeah. or yeah. attendance or people who serve. It's also a great time to look at hey, what how are our metrics doing? Um, and and how would we rate them? Are they green? Are they yellow? Are they red? Because that mm. helps you kind of frame up. What, what are those really key areas that we need to focus on in the next month yeah, or and so? A, and a great time to celebrate some of the results that you see across those metrics as well. Ab- absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. And I think um, particularly if you're at, a, at an elders level and an executive level, mm. um, it, it, you often don't get to hear all the stories that are happening in um, everyone's different ministry. And so when you come together, you're right. Those metrics are so powerful for people to be able to hear about what's going on and really celebrate yeah. Um because sometimes you know you might not be having the, the greatest month or the greatest week in your particular ministry, particular ministry area, but you hear about something that happened in youth or kids on the weekends, or you hear about something that's um, someone that connected online, and all of a sudden that just kind of this is why we do that, yeah. And that kind of can spur yeah. you on a little bit. So that tactical meeting really sets you up to to almost pull people back in. You can celebrate, yeah. Pull people back in, 
have the celebration over what you're tracking with the metrics at the same time, push back out again. Yeah, address those issues, go out again. Um, the third kind of meeting um, that's um, often, I think, where a lot of meetings kind of, a lot of meetings, I think, get stuck between tactical meetings and, and this third one, which is topical meetings, mm. um, where we kind of look at the details, but we also want to look at big picture. Um, topical meetings in a, in a um, in your ministry context, I think they're up to you when you want to schedule them. Um, but I would say that primarily these are, you come in, there's no set agenda, but you're talking primarily about strategic um, strategic uh, decisions or strategic options um, for exploration and discussion. You're not really trying to have a whole lot of action steps or action items coming out of that meeting. Um, perhaps you will if you decide, hey, this is a really good option for us moving forward. But these are these are some of the big picture things like, hey, you know, like um, coming up in the next um, six months, you know, are we going to have a really big emphasis on connect groups? Are we going to have a really big emphasis on leading? Um, what are some of the ways in which we can better engage yep. leaders across the board? Um, so these are these are some of those bigger bigger picture things. How are we going to invest in our leaders? What platforms are we going to use? Uh, it's really a time to kind of dream and think bigger. Um, and so you don't want to have an agenda for that. You want to let people bring their ideas and thoughts. Get the creativity forward. going. Yeah. And all the rest. Yeah, you can let that one be a free flowing kind yeah. of mix of uh, mix of everything. Um, I yeah. heard topical. Actually, originally I heard tropical. Uh, tropical. Yes. I think if you want to jazz it up, you can call them tropical meetings. You can call them tropical. Get jazzy meetings. with it. Yeah. Get it, up in the clouds. Have some time to get imaginative and creative. Have a tropical meeting. One. A tropical topical meeting. <laughs> Everyone has a little luau going on. I well, I mean that would. That's probably... just the Jason Mimosa inside of me. <laughs> Oh, and then the there fourth, is other ways. There, there are other <laughs> ways. But then the fourth um, kind of meetings, I, I think uh, I, I, maybe maybe it's for me, but I, I probably have missed these in the past. There's something that we're being really deliberate about in our context this year, as you know, um, Riley, about like bringing these in. Um, but these kind of review meetings. Oh, key. Um, and, and this is sort of a, usually we do them at the end of the year. Um, and, and again, depending on your, your context and how many leaders you have, I'd say a bare minimum twice a year bare minimum twice a year, take an opportunity to get away uh, maybe for half a day or a day and buy everyone lunch and just review, um, hey, what, what's working really, really well? Um, what's not working so great? What are some opportunities for us to grow? And uh, and what are some things we need to pay attention to mm. um, in the future? And so I think if you, if you can, it's great to bring someone from the outside in to review that and kind of facilitate that discussion. But if you can't, um, then by all means, I think it's just really, really important to have those kind of meetings because they're the kind of meetings where you can kind of hit reset, uh, uh, regroup, and then make plans for the next three months, six months, whatever it is in your context. And what would you say? I know I've sat in on a review meeting before. What would you say is the benefit of actually bringing someone in offside or outside of the team in to sit in on that meeting and facilitate it? When you bring fresh eyes to a meeting, they just ask questions that no one else is asking and no one else is thinking about. So when you're when you're in a youth ministry or you're in um, a, a, you know the worship band or whatever team that you're in, uh, you, everything that you do makes sense to you, mm. and the way that you go about doing it, it all it all sort of fits in your head. But when you bring someone else in, yeah. um, often they'll ask questions that you're not even thinking about because because mm. it's so um, old hat to you, it's so much part of the system. Yeah. Um, but for them, they're like, hey. Why, why is it that that was your goal? Mm. You know, why are you spending all your time, uh, you know, um, getting people to serve when your big goal for the year was to get people into small groups? Yeah, it's almost similar to bringing a, a friend to church for the first time or an unchurched person stepping into a church community for the first time. It's a- this whole new lens, whole new perspective. Absolutely, it's just this great opportunity for feedback. Yeah. And um, as leaders, I think it's just so important that we're open to feedback all the time, that we're going after it. And uh, and I think that's just a great way to, to be able to get it, yeah. Mm. Sure. So if we're looking across these meetings, so we've got 
uh, different types of meetings we've just talked through yep. there. Getting practical with things though. Uh, what are some of the tips that you would give for running effective meetings or at least for leaders who are running meetings? Yeah, I think if you're a leader uh, who is running a meeting, whether that's a youth team or maybe at a, at a, a church council level or an elders level or whatever level it is, the first thing, the first thing that you have to ask yourself before you set the meeting um, is to ask what type of meeting is it? You know, maybe you've always just had a monthly touch base with your um, with your service programming team or your kids ministry team or your elders or whatever it is. But but what type of meeting? You know, what's the reason? Is it a check-in? Is it a tactical meeting? Is it a topical meeting? Is it a review meeting? Um, what type of meeting is it? Then the second question to ask is, you know, what are we trying to accomplish in that meeting? Um, and it almost sounds like that question is kind of a little bit like the first one. Yep. Um, but it, it, for example, if you were to say, oh, well, I want to have a topical meeting, but what we want to accomplish is uh, maybe uh, how our connect group leaders report attendance. Mm. Okay, that's actually really more of a, of a tactical meeting. And so then you start to see, okay, well, right, maybe the purpose is a little bit more tactical than topical. Yep. And it just helps you refine and clarify in your mind why you're having the meeting. And then the, the third question that's really important to ask, I think, is who needs to attend? Mm. Who needs to attend? Because there is nothing worse when you're sitting down and you're having a conversation and uh, you're talking about all these plans. You say, hey, you know, okay, now we're going to market it on social media and the marketing person isn't there and you don't know how much time they have. You don't know how many people are on their team. You don't know if, you know, maybe your, your videographers are interstate for the week yep. or if they're on coming into uni. Um, so you need to ask who needs to be in the room, who could be affected by any of the decisions that we're about to make and get them in the room so that they can be a part of it, um, particularly if they need to take it back mm. to um, to their teams. And then I think what's really important um, as the meeting's going on, so once you're in the meeting, so those are kind of three questions to help you set up the meeting, give you clarity beforehand. But then when you're in the meeting, you know, we said right at the very start that the mission, it's just too valuable to waste time in meetings that don't move it forward. All our meetings need to be action orientated. They need to be action orientated, which means that um, if there's an agenda item and there's a discussion around it, and uh, and we even had a meeting last night at the time we recorded this, and we kind of had a discussion for 10 minutes. Um, and then at the, at, after that discussion, we said, okay, right, well, what needs to happen? Mm. Okay, so in light of this discussion we had, what do we need to do? Because if we're just going to talk for 10 minutes and not do anything, we haven't moved the mission forward. So... First question is, okay, based on this agenda item, what needs to happen? Then the second question that you need to ask off of that is who needs to do it? Mm -hmm. It's not enough to just say, oh, well, you know, we need to um, we need to talk to the person at Connections about signing the kids in for ministry. And then you come back a month later and you go, well, who did that? Got nothing. Got nothing. Got nothing. So, got to whack a name next to it. Exactly. Got to put a name next to it. And then I would say as well, you've got to put a date next to it. Yeah. When does it need to be yeah. done by... Put a timeline on it, um, and and this kind of ties into the last one. Who's holding that person accountable, mm. or that group of people accountable? Because if there's a name next to it and there's a date next to it, then someone in that team um, should be and needs to be able to hold them accountable and say, check in and go, hey, um, I see, I see that this is maybe not done yet. How can I help you? Or what's the holdup? Or you know, what's going on so that we can move the mission forward? So they've the meetings have just got to be action orientated, you know? Mm -hmm. And if you've got a culture of accountability, 
within your team already or if you're building or growing on one, your meetings, there is, there is an awesome opportunity for your meetings also just be more effective uh, the more you- Absolutely. And if you want to create a culture of accountability, this is just such a simple way to do it yep. because it says, okay, well, um, someone put a name next to it. Someone mm-hmm. allow you to kind of hold them accountable. Pick a person. Okay, this person's going to call you in two weeks or three weeks in a month or in a couple of days to check up how you're going and check out what help you need. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've done I've done a lot of talking, and I know like that's really really helpful for leaders who run meetings. But I'm also aware that there there probably are a lot of people who are listening, RB, who um who don't have the opportunity and don't have the control to run uh, meetings. They're just simply a part of meetings. Maybe they think to themselves, well, what do I do? I'm just a part of these meetings. It seems pointless. It don't seem helpful. Yeah, what's my next step? How do, yeah. I, how do I go about and that? And you sort of said at the start, like that you don't run a whole lot of meetings. So so what advice would you have for people who don't have the opportunity to run a lot of meetings, but they've got to sit in? How can they like try and escape this trap of terrible meetings? Yeah, I think I know I'm sitting in a meetings, Chris, um, that don't, necessarily have an end goal or I know there's not going to be an action step when I know that I'm looking at my agenda item list and I'm starting to doodle down things Uh, whether that's drawing whether that's getting distracted by what's happening around me whether I've completely zoned out or if I'm just jotting down things on a piece of paper that are just notes and I get fidgety um, and I know I'm distracted so uh, in in those meetings um, I know that for me being a part of a team being part Mm. of a leadership team that I have responsibility uh, if I'm going to be a part of actually encouraging a culture of accountability that means at times that I need to take action as well so something I'm learning to do more in meetings is someone who's often a little bit withdrawn from um, like opening up in meetings or confronting other people in meetings um, is to actually address uh, the elephant in the room which yeah. is there's no action coming out of this yep let's get back on uh down that pathway of, of finding an action step here um because the mission like you said is too valuable and people's time is too valuable and so how well. would you how would you do that in a, in a practical sense because i know that some people you know like might might be afraid of confrontation they mm. might see like oh no this is a really confrontational thing for yep. me to say hey we're not doing anything yep. like what's what's a uh, you know a way that's maybe less intimidating to do yeah, that yeah and i think it's it's part of that is is you don't want to be intimidating to other people for yep. me i actually don't want to hurt other people's feelings that's yeah, my big thing okay. and you, yep. i know you know that um, I do but know it's, that, yeah. it's asking uh, asking questions i find and asking clarifying questions okay sure that aren't actually going to um be as confrontational as i think i think they yes. are sometimes or other things people might think they are too so actually asking uh clarifying questions to get people back on board so whether that's um guys what are we actually talking about here or guys what's the outcome of mm. what we're talking about What's the goal? What actually needs to happen? All right, what's the urgent need in this situation? Because uh, I think it, that gives an opportunity for people that, that might be getting caught up in the small details mm. of things mm. in the meeting um, or maybe um, might be distracted in bringing their own things in to actually just recourse things and get the ship back on track. So I think asking those clarifying questions are huge uh, to actually bringing the conversation that's happening in the meeting back on topic or back to an action step. Yeah, and I know even um, even in our, uh, meetings that we've had in the past, um, there have been times where uh, there was an agenda item and it kind of moved and shifted because mm. all, all different departments are really kind of interconnected in church uh, church world. And I, I remember there have been lots of times where you've tapped me on the shoulder and go, hey, what was, what was the actual original what point we wanted to clarify? About? Oh, and yeah. can I just say, if you're asking that question, if you have to ask someone that question and, and nudge them and say, hey, um, what were we talking about again? Or if you're thinking in your head while you're in a meeting, what am I doing here? Or what was the original thing asked? Yep. What were we talking about? Or why am I here? I could be at, at home yep. doing something else right now. Yep. Um, then that is when uh, you take that step forward yeah, and, and it's worth asking those clarifying questions. That's super, super helpful. And what, like, do you have any other 
any other pieces of wisdom um, other than just asking clar- clarifying questions when you're in the meeting? Yeah, for sure. I think if you're sitting in on a meeting uh, and maybe, and it's not a challenge, of it's, I don't think it's testing the, the competency of the person running the meeting at all, but more so giving alignment to, to what we're doing. Remember, if we're working in a team, if we're doing leadership together in a relationship, uh, it means doing it in a relationship together. So yep. uh, we want to move the mission forward. So I think if there is, if there are meetings that you're sitting in on uh, where it's, being facilitated in a way where there is no action, where there may be a culture of decay is actually happening, where things aren't actually moving forward. Um, actually ask the person who's running the meeting, hey, how can I get alongside of you? Or, or what are the goals? How can I actually support you? Or even a better question, what is the goal of the meeting? And you, and you do that um, outside the, the meeting context? Yes, 100%. <laughs> uh, that's a good side there. Don't stand up in the middle of the meeting and announce it to the group. Um, that could be an interesting, uh, yes, uh, yeah, that could be interesting a really interesting conversation. conversation. Flick an email through, uh, flick a text message. Uh, if you, if you're good on a one-on-one, um, in talking to that person, cause at the end of the day, um, if we're going to move the mission forward, everyone needs to be on, on the same level in terms of, of where we need to go next. Um, yeah, absolutely. And a big part of that is doing community together. It's doing relationship together. Um, and it's actually going to that person and saying, Hey, what, what is the goal? Um, what do we need to do to move forward? And I, uh, yeah, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there where just because you're, you're a part of a team um, that's maybe got a point leader mm. doesn't mean that that point leader has to be the person who is responsible for running the meetings. No, if if they don't have that skill, yep. um, I know a lot, of, a lot of leaders of teams are maybe a bit more visionary. Uh, they're not great on the details and the follow-up. Then, then let that let that leader run maybe some of the topical meetings or the review meetings, but maybe allow them to release that responsibility to someone else mm. on the tactical side mm. who's really good at following up, who's yeah. really good at putting timelines and holding people accountable. Mm. Um, and can I just say, as someone who's you know is still trying to to work on this idea of how I go about running an effective meeting, I've run some shocking meetings. Uh, <laughs> we all in have, my haven't we? Young lifetime, Chris, but um, <laughs> I really do appreciate when people do flick through just a message or an email. Um, or a Slack message or, or tap me on the shoulder after meeting and say, hey, uh, w- what can I do for you next? How can I support what's going on next? Because yep. um, that's actually an add value to me. So keeping that in mind, if you, if you do have to send uh, that maybe a little bit of a confronting email or message, uh, it can actually be an add value to that person. Has been uh, for me, so. Absolutely. And if a leader is comfortable within themselves, um, then they will take it as constructive feedback as well. And they'll, they'll want to know. It's so they'll want to know. Yeah. And I know even for you, you can feel free to agree or disagree with it here, but I have a feeling you might agree. But I know as someone who's run a meeting before, uh, and even for yourself as someone who runs a meeting often, uh, when it comes to that idea of being the facilitator of a meeting, that's not a title in itself. Uh, no. Like we said, leadership is a relationship. It's not a position just because you're sitting in a chair that might be different from other people in terms of yep. running your, your topical, tactical, or your review meetings, all the rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just see the check-ins as so key because that's actually building a relationship with other people. And the more you get to understand about the personalities of those in your leadership group, how they operate, whether they're big picture uh, thinkers, whether they're operators or processors uh, or synergists, the more you get to learn about the people you're working alongside of. And you have a real opportunity there to learn more about others, learn more about yourself, but also learn more about uh, God, I think. And and this really awesome opportunity to actually step full into the mission, uh, like we said, with a a band, an absolute assembly uh, of your superhero (laughs) squad uh, and kick some massive God of what we've been talking about today. Quickly quickly bring everyone back up to speed. We looked at the idea that, um, hey, if you want to not get stuck in meetings, you've got to recognize what type of meeting you're in. We said that there's the check-in meeting, which is the one-on-one. There's the tactical meeting where it's got the real-time agenda. Mm. You give things a green, a yellow, or a red um, kind of rating, and then you talk through all those things, the month-to-month sort of things. There's a topical meeting. That's what uh, like an ad hoc 
talking about bigger picture strategic things. And then we looked at the fact that uh, we need to constantly be reviewing. You should have at least two review meetings every year. Um, if possible, kind of bring in someone from the outside, but if not, maybe just bring someone from outside um, your team or within your church. Um, then we looked, got really, really practical. We said, hey, if you're a leader who runs a meeting, you need to ask three questions before you even get to the door. The first one is, what type of meeting is it? Second one is, what are we trying to accomplish? And the third thing is, who needs to attend? And then we said, as we're in the meeting, there's another couple of questions you need to ask to make sure that it's action oriented. Again, we want to advance the mission. Um, so the question is, what needs to happen? Who needs to do it? When does it need to be done by? And who's holding them accountable? And then we flicked to you and you kind of gave us a couple of things for leaders who are not in meetings. Mm. Um, do you want to- yeah, no. Or asking clarifying questions around the discussion. If you are asking yourself or find yourself asking this question while you're sitting in meetings of what are we talking about? Stand up and, well, don't literally, but <laughs> have a voice and ask clarifying questions around the discussion to bring it back on topic, to bring yep. it back to action so you're not encouraging uh, or promoting a culture of decay. And then and the second thing uh, is if um, you feel like it's needed, send an email, flick a message, or have a private conversation with the person facilitating the meeting uh, and actually ask for the goals of the meeting or why we're meeting in the first place. Um, so that's, I'd say that's a big one. I'm just thinking personal yeah. review as well, Chris. I yeah. realized... Jason Mimosa's Samosa's name is actually Jason Momoa. Oh, and I Jason just wanted Momoa. to get that out there in case Jason ever listens to our podcast. Yes. Jason, don't. I hope you're not offended. I'm very sorry. Yes, in um, case he he listened all the way through and didn't get offended right at the very start. Yes, yes. he's no, a very big man. So I just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> no. But at the same time, uh, Chris, we got another podcast coming out uh, next month. The first Tuesday of every first month. Tuesday of every month. Brand new podcast here in Aussie Church. Lose podcasts. Uh, but if you're keen on finding out uh, more content. Yeah, if you if you want to connect with us, we'd love to hear about what's going on in your ministry context across the country. You can do so uh, by jumping online to... That's www.beyondchurch.com.au forward slash... Forward slash... Aussie Church Leaders Podcast. Huge. And you can check out and we will, yeah, check yeah, out some we'll, content, but we'd love to hear from you as yeah, well. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And if uh, if this has been valuable, if, if you think this is something that's worth sharing with your team, we'd encourage you, um, share it on your social media platforms, give it a rating or review on whatever platform that you're listening it, uh, to it on. Because really what we want to do is we just want um, to help leaders all across this country go stronger for longer in their ministry context. And um, remember, if you're a leader out there, you don't have to do everything at once, but you can do one thing today that will help you lead stronger for longer tomorrow. Too good. Thanks so much, Chris.